Welcome back to the Perth Business Podcast. On this episode, we talk to Eva from If Innovation Could Talk. Eva works full-time at PwC and is a vodcast producer and purpose-driven innovation speaker. Eva talks to business owners and innovators that do big things in WA in terms of innovation. We talk about purpose-driven innovation, showcasing stories through vodcasting, and turning ideas into reality with a team of volunteers behind you. Thanks, Lan, from Ninja Syndicate, which used to be Ninja Software, who shared a connection with Eva with us. I'll pour us a drink, but welcome to the Perth Business Podcast. Thank you so much for coming down. Very excited to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you, Taran, for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah, and we should say a little thanks to Lan for giving us the connection. Um, so we both just had a conversation about um, how we both know Lan. So me through Tech Society when we interviewed those um, Ninja Software and you through History of Work, I suppose. Yes, and yeah. through Professor Lynn Beasley, who was previously Chief Scientist of Western Australia. Yeah, so no small connection. <laughs> a very, very, very professional connection there. So, yeah, super grateful. I'm really excited. No, thank you for having yeah. me. And Hannah can't be here for this one, but she does send her hellos. Um, and she is very sad that she's missing out on the wine. So, Hello, we Hannah. <laughs> we'll have an extra wine on your behalf. Yeah, yeah don't you worry about that. <laughs> I almost went coffee and then I was like... Mm, Nah, it's a wine kind of day. No one lets me crack a wine on a weekend morning, so thank you for letting me bend your arm. Um, today, we've got... I wanted to share this with you because I'm not sure... You didn't give any hints as to what kind of wine you no. drink. You were just like, I could be I could be give convinced. Me, yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. I love to be surprised. Yeah, so I hope this surprises you in a good way. It is an LS Merchants wine. Have you Ooh, heard no, of LS Merchants? No, I'm going to find out now. Yeah, they're down south in Margaret River and I actually would love to interview them um, because he sounds like a wicked dude. Like he just sounds like someone who rolls out of bed, goes for a surf and then runs a business just that is very cool. Seamlessly, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. I would love to run my business like that. <sighs> Amazing, right? Like I'm sure he's stressed over certain things. But it just seems like a really good business but model. But he can always chill over a glass of wine. Yes, exactly. That's why you should have your business in wine. Um, so this one is, I don't actually know what type of wine this is. The label doesn't quite give it away. We will find out. Sunrider 2021, an epic Euro trash blend of Riesling. Something I can't pronounce that looks German. <laughs> Pinot Gris and Vermentino. Like any Euro trash, this wine chases sunshine and gold times. Ripe stone fruit, guava, melon, pink grapefruit, and a saline acidity. <gasps> Summer, come at me. So I picked this one because it's been bloody hot lately. <gasps> and I Darn, thought, there's yeah. only one way to find out. <laughs> All right, so it's, it's a little find bit. Out quickly. Yeah, yeah, like please crack the bottle. I'm using my dress to crack the bottle because my hands are damp from it. Oh, wait for the crack. Oh. Ooh, there yeah, it is. Nice. I love that sound. Yeah, it's a good sound, isn't it? I listen to a podcast called um, Wine and Crime, and they always start by opening a bottle of wine. Oh. And it's either nice pop or nice crack. <laughs> nice crack. Because they're, um, I'm not doing the accent any justice, but they are from Minnesota. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice pop. So let me do the honors. And we've got um, hen house cups that we are pouring into. We'll have to get a little snap of you can't see how much I'm doing it. Oh, yes. That seems about, yeah, Thank half you. a cup, Ooh. half a cup. Oh, nice. Yep. Oh, that's a really nice colour. That's a gold, isn't it? Like a real oh, nice. The aroma is beautiful. Because no one can see us mm. or smell us or smell the wine, not us, it's the wine. It's so refreshing and delightful oh, and delicate. Mmm, <laughs> cheers. Are you sure you haven't done this before? Cheers. Well, 
Oh, that is nice. Mm. That is. It would be nicer in wine glasses, but we're going for the aesthetic of the hen house today. Mm. All right, let's have a sip. A little bit ASMR. Oh, I am happy. Yeah, good, good. I picked the right one. I'm happy. I also brought ice bags because I hate uh, like warm white wine. Good thinking. And well chosen. Yeah, thank you. Yes, you you should interview them. (laughs) You're like, and get free bottles and have me back. (laughs) Hannah and I actually, she introduced me to Ellis Merchants because um, I was Mm. going down south and I was like, oh, I really want to try this. Like, I want to get a whole bunch of wineries lined up because it was for my mom's birthday um, that are like organic, no preservatives, that sort of thing. And these guys are like as natural as they come. Seriously? Yeah. Is it organic? Yeah. and wow. well, I, th- I don't know if it's organic, but it's definitely preservative free. Oh, I nice. think it might be organic. I'll have to do my research properly. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, they, she just had a raving review. And when we went there, they had they do pet nuts as well. Do you know what pet nut is? It's like a spark. I'm definitely going to butcher this definition, but it's like a sparkling, uh, almost if you think of like an alcoholic kombucha. <gasps> mm. Oh. Mm. Next or next time I know what to oh, bring. Yes. So. <laughs> oh yes, I love my kombucha. Yes, it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's really refreshing as well in summer. Like I think from the name of this one, this one's obviously called Eurotrash. Um, I think it's a testament to the owner and the fact that the label has got like. If this is what trash tastes like, yeah, I want more. <laughs> Shall we jump in now mm-hmm. that we've talked to death about the winery? Mm. Um, let's talk about you. Thanks so much for coming down. I'm actually really excited to talk about you. And if innovation could talk, I'm very excited because I didn't actually know about you until Lan mentioned your name and I did a bit of research. But I, I, you know, when you you have a movie that's coming out and you don't want to spoil it by watching all the trailers. I love, yeah, I love to find out from the person themselves. So how did you begin your journey? Tell us who you are and what you do um, and then how it all started for you. Well, Taryn, thanks for having me. And I have to say it feels quite different sitting on the other side of the table because as a vodcaster, I'm usually the one doing the interview. Yeah, right. And in fact, um, you and I come from a very similar background. So okay. uh, my background was in marketing and public relations. Right. So that's how I started. In fact, I was UWA's very first ever marketing and PR manager back in the day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think you would get it when I say marketing is about, you know, the story telling and connecting mm-hmm. and really public relations is about communicating the brand um, so whilst that's my professional background I guess that is actually backed up by the fact that as a migrant from Singapore and I've lived in Australia for 34 years and I've had such an interesting life here in Australia doing all different things and people keep saying wow you know what you do is so interesting but then I thought well okay apart from the fact that firstly I do work my ass off yeah <laughs> secondly a lot of people have given me opportunities to do all these different inter- interesting things yeah right so what if I can also return to the community by celebrating what other people do and showcasing their story and telling their story? Yeah, okay. What and a unique idea. Yeah, and that's what I really want to do. And I really want to focus on a theme, which is purpose-driven innovation. Because mm-hmm. I feel that the word innovation is overused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, um, you know, even innovation all the time, and then they associate it with technology. And yeah. there's a lot of truth in that. But when I started asking people about what does innovation mean to you, there's always a pause. And surprisingly, the answer isn't always related to technology. Right. So if innovation could talk, really, it's a way for people to showcase their purpose, Mm -hmm. the real why behind what they are doing, and the 
innovation um, does not is not limited to technology. Um, in fact, my guests have ranged from say Nobel laureate Professor Barry Marshall mm-hmm. to um, not for profit like um, AMWA or Santa House, which yeah, is a right. refuge for um, you know um, women and children, as well as um, the founding CEO Patrick Lee um, mm-hmm. of to- Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and others you know um, you know um, entrepreneurs, startups. Um, so my guests have actually ranged from the ages of 10 to 75. Oh my goodness. Because I believe that anyone can pursue innovation in their area of passion. Yeah, and I feel like you'd probably get a really wide range uh, or great insight from the wide range of people that you um, speak to because... A ten-year-old's going to be have a very different view, life view, than a seventy-five-year-old who's got sixty-five years' experience on him, right? So, yeah, that's really interesting to me. I like that. I really like that approach, and that you've got no bounds on it. No. So, what's innovation to you? Innovation really to me stems from the fact that diversity is a cornerstone of innovation. So um, there's two elements to it. One is um, if someone has an idea, mm-hmm. you need to implement it. For the innovation to come to life, right, and it's the execution that is harder. You, anyone can have an idea, yeah, but to actually implement something and execute that, you have to show a lot of resilience, persistence, um, teamwork, resourceful, um, and all the other things that goes al- along with making something happen. Mm-hmm. And also um, diversity being the cornerstone of innovation because you might be the one that comes up with the idea, but really, as you grow your business or as you grow your product or services. It's feedback from other people and also feedback from your team that will allow you to enhance and pivot. Yeah. Um, and once again, coming from a migrant background, I truly believe in giving each other the, giving each other the opportunity and enhance yeah. the diversity and inclusion bit. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. I was going to say if it's got something to do with like trial and error, but it does start with implementation, right? And I recently went to um, – oh, I'm, I'm going to forget who run it now, but I'll link it in the podcast notes – if um, it's called innovation bullshit and it's yeah we should partner with them (laughs) yeah yeah um it is it was a discussion or a workshop on like what innovation bullshit is to individuals and actually met katie leenan who's a business owner that i speak to on the podcast and it's not aired yet but it will be um and she had a great insight but it was that's not the point the point is innovation bullshit they were talking about all these businesses and it's insane to think about what kind of massive corporations are running that have these innovation teams that are run inaccurately I guess or ineffectively more appropriately I suppose so these ideas that are implemented but only half implemented and there's no buy-in from the executive so the team actually can't do what they want to do and try it and trial and error um, trial their ideas and find the errors and fix and optimize so I think we all innovate in a small way in our roles, you know, especially if you're in a creative role, but even if you're not in a technical role, if you're in, you know, a data analytics role, you're innovating as you go because naturally humans want to do things the most efficient way possible, right? No one actually wants to sit there and count the numbers from one to a hundred if you can one times 10 equals, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can take baby steps. Every improvement is an innovation in itself. Mm. And to really, really get the full impact, it's best if you have got buy-in from everybody or as many people as possible because sometimes it's just impossible to get buy-in from everybody, especially from the beginning. And innovation is a costly exercise when you think about it. It is, yeah. I'm not just thinking about the R&D or the research and development involved, but just getting um, people who are going to use your product or service to change their behaviour 
or even getting the board to buy into innovation because there's always a risk, you know, and business cost yeah. involved. What if this doesn't work out? Um, what's the opportunity cost mm. for the business? And the larger a company is, the more um, the business, the management, the board will have to consider the cost of implementation. Mm. And, you know, let's face it, some employees may not actually like the idea of innovation because they fear, um, you know, they might lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. That could happen. Mm. So there's a lot more to innovation than just an idea. So the implementation, I'm big on the imp- implementation and also learning from my guests how they have actually tried to get to the end point. Mm. And you know what? Funny enough, there never is the defined end point because right. it keeps changing. Yeah. Right, so it's all about the execution, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I deal with this daily on my in my job where we talk to you know agencies and you mm-hmm. know um, we deal with team teammates and that sort of thing. And there's always a you, that should always be a strategy and an explanation of how you're going to execute that strategy, not necessarily the idea and the outcome, which is usually the only thing that's communicated. And you have to delve in and kind of say, like, what's the strategy behind this? Like, how are we actually going to test this? What happens if it doesn't work? Because inevitably, parts of it won't work. And that's the learning. That's good. We want parts of it not to work so we don't, you know, so we can learn from it and innovate, I suppose. Yeah. What are some really cool projects you worked on? Um, like, if you had to pick one or be hard, like top three, <laughs> top three that you worked on? Um, and how do you work with people, I should ask as well. So Yeah, um, spending a lot of time with someone to bring out their story. So um, our interviews are presented in two formats, yep. um, a five-minute podcast, mm-hmm. which you can find either on YouTube or on LinkedIn mm-hmm. by searching If Innovation Could Talk. Um, and there's also a written two-page Q&A. So we are just cognizant of the fact that people consume content very quickly and efficiently these mm-hmm. days, and that's why we limit our vodcast to five, six minutes yep. and our Q&A to um, two pages. Yeah, right. Now, the interesting thing then is you actually have to spend a lot of time with somebody in order to flesh out the key elements that you can showcase within five minutes yep. or over two pages. Right. So a lot of time goes into that. What are the questions I can ask in five minutes? I'm limited to only three questions. Whew, yeah. And I have to ask the right questions, right? So that's the start. And the second thing is a lot of people take themselves for granted. Mm-hmm. We have all been trained to prepare an elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. But the real personality does not necessarily come through in an elevator pitch. Your product and service, that's what you're presenting in an elevator pitch, not the the real purpose. And the you behind your elevator pitch. Yeah, the why. The why. So this is where I sit down with my guests, spend a lot of time um, before that, trying to really see um, a side of them that they take for granted. Yeah, right. um, And really bring out that personality. That's one. And secondly, it's also um, where my guests work in an area, um, you know, that's very technical. Then I try to present their story in a layman term as well. Yeah. So, for instance, um, this week I interviewed St. Jenna's. They actually um, manufacture a type of DNA called oglionucleotide. Now, wow. I'm even finding it hard to produce yeah, you know, oglionucleotide, yeah. right? Um, but then it's like, okay, so what does it do? How does it impact me as a layman? Mm-hmm. As it turns out, it is a key ingredient in manufacturing at-home test kits for COVID. Oh, okay. So very relevant so at the moment. So it's very relevant. So these are the questions that I will actually need to flesh out to make the story short, succinct and relevant and impactful. Yeah. 
and that's where the real purpose of that innovation is. Right. I think it was some um, Churchill that says, um, "I wish I have got time to write you um, a um, short letter." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't, so I'm going to write you a long one instead. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and since I um, have given myself the challenge, or my guess, the challenge of keeping it short and sharp, we spend a lot of time beforehand just bring it down to the uh, real gist. Mm. Isn't that funny? Because for a lot of businesses, we have this come up all the time. You're paying people for the labor and the ideas and their intellectual property, not just the product or the service. Yeah. Like while it might look like a cake, it's taken hours yes. to design it so that yes. we make sure that it's not going to fall down when it yes. is. We test it a hundred times and it falls to pieces. And that's the labor that you're investing into for this end product that you can only see at the end. Yeah. It really is a labor <laughs> of love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're a business owner, right, everything you do is a labor of love. Like I just had a conversation with Hannah about, you know, the integrity of the podcast and what it means to each of us and where we want to see it going. Hence why we've started this um, series between the two of us. Uh, and it's it's actually really personal because like I, I was writing it off as a hobby and it's not. It's more than that. Like it's much more than that to me now. Obviously, in the past couple of months, I've realized that. Um and to her as well, like, you know, what's not just about showing up to the interview, she wants to get value out of it. So there is a lot to be said for, like, a, your business is, it is a labour of love, it is. It <laughs> is. Look, it did start off as a hobby as well. So mm. we have got a lot of things in common in that sense. And I'm really grateful for the fact that I've actually got a job that pays um, the bread and butter. So mm. in my daytime job, I work as um, an account director at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Oh, cool. So that, you know pays the bills yeah. and um, it allows me the freedom to actually pursue my hobby yeah. and spend time um, and really invest into it and now you know get the right model so um, where you so okay, I read somewhere that says um, people uh, people do something based on three um, motivators mm-hmm. one is if you don't do it you get punished so you have to do it mm. right and then the second one which is most typical is you get rewarded for doing something so you get paid for doing your job yeah and the third one is you enjoy doing it that you don't care um you know you certainly don't want to be penalized but you don't care if you don't get rewarded right so if the typical example would be a child playing you don't have to pay the child to play. Yeah. The child is just going to play and yeah. pursue something that he or she is interested in. So you and I have started this as a hobby, as a passion. And going forward, it's just a math matter of actually fine-tuning it so it becomes sustainable. Mm. Yeah. And we can really scale it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the business comes mm. into it, the innovation yeah. and ideas and teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's really, I feel like we hit something really good there. <laughs> good. <laughs> and I feel, I, I spoke to someone on, recently on a podcast about, you know, when you're young um, and you're playing around um, and then someone will say, oh yeah, as a kid I used to try and sell, you know, like lemonade or you know, I used to sell little candles made out of crappy oh, melted, melted oh, wax. Yeah. Bless. And it was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh bless, I'm not giving you money for that. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> you're Like it looked so much better before hey, you melted Santa it down. Candles were ahead, you were ahead of its time. <laughs> I right? was ahead of the time and I was doing it on a little table with the South African heat and it was just it was you know very organic <laughs> backyard <laughs> see now that would be a strong selling point right right back then people were like mm, I'd rather buy it from a you know manufactured in a store now they'd be like yes oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah competitor number 50,000 try and beat me there's a kid in the backyard yeah watch Absolutely. me I'm doing it on a boat like yes. <laughs> yeah so we've talked about that like authentic like taking something that's your passion and hobby and making it into a business um 
because you're that way inclined or because the market requires it. Yeah. Um, and I find that really interesting. Um, PwC, that's in- we also have... So Quincy, who was a co-host for when we spoke to um, Katie Lou from the Underground Collaborative. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't know if you've listened to that one, but she um, she's at PwC and she wants to take her passion. So this is Quincy. She wants to take her passion and turn it into a business in the future or into something more meaningful. Um, and that her passion is to do with sustainable um, materials that we use in our day-to-day lives, like shampoo and oh, fantastic! That sort of thing. I have yeah. to listen out to that one. I have to say, you are up to about thirty-eight episodes at the moment. Yeah, or roughly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to get through all of it. I <laughs> yeah, excuse me. How dare you not have listened to, <laughs> to all? 34. Mine are not five or six minutes. <laughs> I have gone for the long game, um, and I like I really should do short snippets of them. Maybe I'll write that down as a side note. Uh, but look, 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 sometimes I wish. <laughs> I have the luxury of doing an hour podcast or at least half an hour so my guests can really, really meander and I can really flash out their story. But I thought, look, my um, point of difference is the fact that I make it short and sharp Mm. and it's the amount of work that goes behind the scenes leading Mm. up to the five minutes that you don't see. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. Because I can imagine, like, for me, a big part of the reason it takes a while is because I like to warm up slowly and, you know, the questions getting to know you at the beginning are really integral to the podcast. And then in the middle, we want to get to know the challenges that you've overcome. Yeah. So that being a nice segue, um, what's been the hardest thing for you starting this journey with If in- Innovation to Talk? Um, there are... Oh, <laughs> I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll start off by saying um, there are a lot of uh, difficulties. Mm-hmm. But when I really believe in something, I um, it keeps me going. Yeah. So it becomes a non-issue. Yeah. So um, one of the things um, would be time management because I didn't realise um, how much time it would take. I really thought it was um, a hobby. Yeah. Um, it still is, but I didn't realise it was going to take up so much time. So I easily spend um, 20 to 30 hours a week <gasps> minimum. And that's not even including video editing time. Yeah. 20 to 30 hours a week excluding video oh editing Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I wish they could see my face. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> that's a lot. It is, um, it is. but um, like I said, because I really believe in it, so I keep going. And I think what also keeps me going is the fact that I've um, you know, gotten like really good feedback and responses. Mm. And also um, our numbers um, look amazing. So I started the project with a um, co-founder um, who specializes in digital marketing. His name is um, Danny Morris. And so um, Danny was the one who actually, so okay, to put it into context, um, I was hardly ever on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Facebook account, I had a um, LinkedIn account, but I was hardly ever on any of those social media. Yeah. Um, until COVID hit and then I thought the way to actually showcase someone is no longer through the traditional face-to-face word of mouth and I have to do it at scale. Mm. And the only at scale way to do it and the only professional platform I could think about um, is LinkedIn. Mm. So that's how I started this idea of doing it on LinkedIn. So it's just a matter of transferring the typical mode of face-to-face connection and face-to-face recommendation into um, an online platform. Yeah, right. Now, um, when Danny suggested that we um, set up a business page, I was so innocent with LinkedIn. I said, oh, why do we set up a business page? You know, if I already have a personal page. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. why do I need to do something, um, the same thing twice? So he explained to me. And then I've um, since learned that um, the business page is a great idea because it has got a lot of stats that I would not get as um, a personal page. Mm-hmm. And so the stats, um, you know, are tracking really well. We can tell that people are watching, people are engaging. So an example would be uh, my understanding is a 
LinkedIn standard engagement rate is one percent, and ours um, typically sit anywhere between five to seven percent. Wow! So um, wow. that's that's consistent. So we yeah. are very pleased. It doesn't always hit seven percent, but you know um, we do usually hit around five percent as yeah. a minimum. Um, and also um, the number of followers that came through. So initi- um, initially when we started, it was all um, getting friends, inviting friends to yeah. connect. Yeah. And now we have organic um, connections from all over the world. Wow. Um, from Africa to India. Amazing. Um, but I also make a conscious effort to, on a regular basis, um, interview guests from overseas. So other than um, Patrick Leaf, uh, founding CEO of Rotten Tomatoes, I have done um, Germany, I've done Malaysia, I've done Singapore, um, Ireland, and um, a few in America, plus Zimbabwe as well. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, we start getting followers from those countries as well. Right? That's awesome. So it's really good when you see that people are really paying attention and watching and wanting to engage. So it makes it hard for me to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing I've learned, and this is going to make you laugh, right? So um, <laughs> after we, um, not long after we posted, Danny was trying to explain the numbers to me. So he um, says, oh, look, you know, um, at the time um, in our earlier post, uh, there was one time where we actually hit 12% engagement rate. I know. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> look. Look, this was early on, right? This was early on when he explained to me 12% engagement rate and I had no idea what that meant. And yeah. I said, why only 12%? Isn't oh that really goodness, low? Yeah. It's like, that's really low. And then he says, you have no idea, do you? I was, what? Isn't 12% really low? It's not yeah. even 50%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the past mark is 50%. Yeah, we're not even halfway there. What's we're going on? Halfway. So he explained <laughs> to me, did you realize that the standard rate is 1%? I'm like, oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're 12x. 12x yeah. that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, oh, I suppose that's really good. And then, um, you know, he was telling me about the numbers as well. And there was one post where we had, um, this was early on, we had 17,000 um, views. Wow. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's really low. But yeah. if LinkedIn goes to um, the entire world, why are only 17,000 people viewing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes. this was me just completely. So I learned all these things along the way. A lot of it has been fun. Um, time management is a um, still a huge issue um, when you have got family commitments, mm. you know, not just a um, full-time job that's demanding. But once again, it comes down to when you really, really, really believe in something, mm. when you're passionate about something and you have got other people encouraging you on you know what the least I can do is keep going yeah I love that I think the support is a big thing that you've hit on there which is if you didn't have the means to continue you wouldn't be able to purely out of passion and that's an important thing to iterate but I think if you've got the support and obviously what you're doing doesn't require a huge investment no, I'm also really, really lucky. This is one of those organic learnings as well. So my video is um, edited by my husband who happens to be a professional video editor and that oh, has been a full-time job for like, you know, um, I'm trying not to show his age, but his full-time <laughs> job for about 40 years. <laughs> so we have actually got a professional video editing suite, actually two professional video editing suites at home that he works out of. But tell you what, Taran, <laughs> I did not even factor him into my hobby when it started. Really? No. Yeah, you're I'm like, I'm doing this by myself. <laughs> oh, it's just like, it's, you know, it's a hobby, yeah. you know, um, and then we each have our own hobbies, he has his, I've decided to um, pursue this, mm-hmm. and it was only when in the first couple of episodes, and then, you know, like, there are a lot of people who um, edit videos, so I thought that was easy, mm. if a lot of people, yeah, if, if they can people, do it, they, they can do it, surely I can, um, but we had problems with one of the earlier videos, and I was stressing out, and he noticed it, and he says, you know, I can help you, right? Oh, and, and you're sitting there going, wait, oh, there was, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. <laughs> 
I forgot about, <laughs> forgot about your skill set. <laughs> I forgot about your skill set. You're not so just my partner. You're an expert. Right. You're editor. actually an expert in this. And that's really good because since then he stepped in and um, it's good having someone professional who actually helps me with all things like, okay, uh, most of our video is um, done over Zoom since mm-hmm. our guests are from all over the world, as yeah. I just mentioned. Yeah. So he actually um, shows me how to control the Zoom when I do the recording so I can have single frame and double frame shots mm-hmm. and I can cut in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you won't typically see a full five minutes with two people um, you know in the frame mm-hmm. um, and so when the guest is speaking I can zoom in on the guest and also um, Jay can also help me insert um, photos images videos um, you know to make the five minute more interesting so whenever the guests talk to a point we can actually insert um, images that's Amazing. relevant to that yeah. point um, and also he can actually and some of the guests have required um, requested this um, they will actually um, ask us to do a one minute highlight mm. of the five minute video that they can use um, in their presentation pitch wow. to investors for yeah. instance to really showcase their purpose yeah also oh, you're actually helping them yeah. yeah 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 so one of those you know it's one of those things like you know is it, is it a difficulty no but it's certainly a lot of lessons learned along the mm-hmm. way to fine tune to keep refining and keep getting you know keep getting better at what we do and um, I've been really really lucky to have um, volunteers reach out to me as well and say can I help you with this you know I've noticed your uh, videos I've seen your written interviews can I be a part of it so um, my written um, editor um, the written interviews um, is actually written um, by a colleague at PwC who specializes in um, R&D grants so Uh she looks at things from a more technical point of view but she presents it in a way that's very easy for people to understand and she's great at writing and she's all you know like she reached out to help so I can't be more thankful yeah my team of volunteers yeah worked out that's awesome that's great yeah that's amazing yeah and I've got a um, student um, or I shouldn't say student anymore um, this um, amazing Jeremy has just graduated um, he specializes in digital marketing so mm-hmm. he can do animation and what he produces especially when you know they are young so once again it's that whole diversity of perspective mm. so I see things in a certain way he will look at the same story in another way and present it from another perspective okay so it just means whatever we put out there it has um, you know the perspective of different types of audiences and has got different lens around yeah. it yeah um, and just makes it more um, interesting and engaging yeah and we can present it either in video format written format animation format and i've got another um, volunteer harley who is like a master networker and he oh, helped cool. me with a um, face-to-face event that we held last november yeah at the city of perth and it was actually hosted by um deputy lord mayor Dybane. oh my goodness yeah. so you've got this like really stronghold crew of people who are in the passion boat with you yes that's awesome yes that's and incredible yeah um i guess the learning for um if i may share with mm. you um taran is um you know it, it can't just be a hobby if we want it to be sustainable mm. and also i want to get to the point where i can pay my volunteers yeah so that's why we are actually monetizing it yeah so then we can invest it into the business and i think one of the things that really makes my almost makes me want to cry was um, when I told the volunteers that we are actually going to commercialize this and I can start paying them for their work um, Jeremy said to me you don't need to pay me I'm like no no oh. no if I if I don't get paid then I can't pay you but yeah. if I get paid you will get paid and he says I want the money to go back into the business Isn't so his portion he's like put it back in yeah, yeah. Oh, was like, my I'm little I heart know, I know they're still my beating heart <laughs> so when you have got a team that backs you up that yeah. way, I, I can't stop that's I don't incredible. want to stop yeah, 
oh no way yeah you're you're in deep now and so are they I feel like almost if you needed to take a break even they would take take on you know the work oh. for you yeah 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 That's so awesome. in fact I've been thinking about uh, what success looks like for if innovation could mm. talk and to me success looks like if innovation success would be if my name is no longer associated with it right so what I mean is I've got um, content creators mm-hmm. that will pursue um, innovation in an area that they are passionate about so for Harry for instance is in health innovation mm-hmm. um, for someone else it's so Jeremy is in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and for someone else it could be um, in another area. So if they start building content in their area of um, passion, not only does it give them a platform to experiment and innovate and play with different ideas and yeah. try to implement it and showcase it, but it just means we can push more content out there. Right now I do most of it only because I happened to found it a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the only reason. But if my name is no longer associated with it because it is now um, or it will um, stand on its own two feet in its own right, that to me is real success. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a sense of ownership as mm-hmm. well over controlling that content yes. in some way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's incredible. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like I wish we could pop the bottle again. <laughs> Celebrations. We will, I will bring a bottle of champagne <laughs> yeah. back when um, I'm, you know, I've got... Yeah, when you've hit yeah, that level yeah. of success that you believe yeah, you've yeah, achieved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do I remember the conversation yep. that we had? Like, yep, never forgotten. Yeah, got it. Bottle of Maui. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fancy. Yeah, well, might as well. Yeah, might as well. I'd love to. Some element of success would be um, going, being able to do the podcast while watching the sunset, which means there will be like lapel marks or something, some sound cancelling equipment, some sort of thing that allows us to sit at Cottesloe and watch the sunset. I have that image in my mind already. Yeah, with the moment just like right there. That would there. be so yeah. cool. And just imagine that conversation that you will have. It will be so, I mean, this is relaxing. I enjoy talking mm. to you because you are a great host. You put your guests at ease, but you know, that sort of setting. Yeah, oh, there's, wow. I wish if we had some greenery, um, some windows, Ooh. although that defeats the sound um, yeah. element. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think, um, yeah. It would be nice to eventually have like a recording space. That's the technology will catch up. It will allow you to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it is about sustainability. Oh, that's incredible. I love that we've hit this lovely high. <laughs> and I, I think I started by asking you what the challenges were. So that's a really great um, sort of optimistic way to summarize what the challenges have allowed you to do and what they've mm. become in terms of fruitful, you know, your volunteers and how how it how it is now so what are the plans for the future um to keep doing what we do mm-hmm. um so i really want to help uh and I, this is what i've noticed a lot of um startups are interested in having um their story told mm-hmm. because yep. you can have the best product or service in the world but if no one knows about it then you know, no one yep. can actually support you or buy your product or service. Mm-hmm. So um, startups are already starting to reach out yep. to um, get us to help showcase their purpose-driven yep. innovation. Um, what I would really like to do this year is um, also to go to larger corporates and get them to sponsor a series. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, so um, they can sponsor the series either by telling their own story. So they are not just saying X company is innovative in this way, but the real innovation is in your ecosystem. So mm-hmm. if you can show that um, your staff in payroll, what is your staff in payroll 
um, doing that, seeing mm. innovative and contributing to innovation in your company? Or what is um, someone else, um, you know, in the factory floor doing that's innovative? So if they can actually showcase, um, you know, and allow those staff to tell their stories or even suppliers to tell their story yeah. from those different perspectives and really build a full picture about their innovation ecosystem. Yeah. Alternatively, they might actually want to sponsor a series for startups and entrepreneurs. Yeah, great. Mm. Yeah, something that they believe in that they mm. c- aren't able to do in their own business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would really, really love to, um, I guess, you know, if that's um, the KPI for 2022, mm. to really see that happen. Yeah, no, I know uh, quite a few like corporations that would be very much into it because their, their why is to do with the sustainability of the community and what they do is um, purpose-driven by the community, by, you know, their employees. They're not... I think the, you know, power-hungry conglomerates are going to become old news and they, you know, they should really be old news by now. But I think that there is a lot of that stigmatised corporate America vibe that we will never be able to escape fully. Yeah. Um, maybe not, maybe never too strong. Like maybe we will one day, but I think there are a lot of corporations out there that will be 100% willing to like invest in your cause. Oh, that would be, that would be so good because yeah. it's once again about supporting someone else, mm. you know, showcasing what purpose is about, mm. not just um, how amazing you are. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listen to me. I'm amazing. Please invest in my project. Thank you very much. You will also benefit from it. Why are you amazing? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I think that's quite innovative of you. So, thank you. (laughs) Um, In terms of the team that you've got, do you see a future? So, obviously, you want to pay your staff and the volunteers become Mm. um, content creators themselves. Um, Is there anything that you see changing by the way? that you involve people to work with you? Um, I think uh, what I would really like to do is continue doing what I'm doing, mm. and that is give uh, all my staff and volunteers uh, the leeway to pursue mm. their area of passion and yeah. to really take ownership, yeah. like you were saying earlier. Um, because we are not set up as a uh, full-time business Mm -hmm. in the sense that I can't employ a full-time marketing person, I can't employ a full-time video producer. He happens to do it because he's married to me. So So his buy-in is obligation. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's right. Um, So, but I think really it comes back to what, what makes a business sustainable? And I think it comes down to not just uh, the revenue, Mm -hmm. but also when staff really pursue the area that they're interested in mm-hmm. the point we made earlier about if you are interested in an area yeah even if you don't get paid you will still want to do it yeah but i do want to pay them because at the end of the day i'm cognizant everyone has bills to pay yeah yeah um so um just yesterday harry reached out and he came up with this idea you know so it's great that the um you know they they come back to me mm-hmm. and they know they have the leeway to you know do something that they want to pursue and make it sustainable and also establish their own name mm. in that particular area because i'm i'm not into cryptocurrency mm. um jeremy is um yeah. I'm, I, I, I am interested in health innovation but i don't work in the area of health innovation yeah right um harry does yeah so imagine if they can use if innovation could talk as a platform to allow them to give themselves the opportunity to network make contact and you do that by celebrating someone else helping yeah. someone else yeah 
I love that. I think mm. that's really close to like the human condition and why half of us do what we do because it's helping someone else. Yes. Um, and getting that passion from it's not like, you know, um, it's just hard work and I want to be rewarded with money. It's I want to be rewarded by seeing that it's helping other people. Yes. And that's I think that's half of the population. I'm yes. sure there's, you know, a stat yeah. out there on empaths and that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, so interesting. So interesting to me. Um, is there a guest or company or anyone that you would love to interview and you haven't yet? Can you hear me sucking my breath? <laughs> a little ASMR for oh, the... <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, two or three, in fact. So one within Australia. Have you approached them yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. I'm hoping someone can make that warm referral. Yeah. So um, if your audience out there... So if they're listening. So within Australia, I would love to have um, Melanie Perkins mm-hmm. and her husband... Yeah, interviewed as a couple. Oh, great! Cause okay, yeah, because I know um, everyone um, would interview Melanie yeah. uh, about Canva, but I would love to interview them as a, a couple because they did co-found the business together. So was Canva founded in Perth? Yeah, yeah. So Melanie is Perthian. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I think she yes. lives over east now. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yep. that's still an Australian story and a WA story. Yeah, or one that originated from WA. So I would really, really love to do that. And then my second um, dream list, which actually she's connected to, would be Guy Kawasaki. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his podcast. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I haven't listened to much of it, but um, what is the main thing that makes you want to listen um, to interview? So uh, so for Guy Kawasaki, not only... um, I, I just find that um, even though he's so successful, sorry, he was um, the chief evangelist for Apple um, and then he's now the chief evangelist for um, Canva, but it's a very down-to-earth way he shares his learnings. Right, so you want to know how he kind of understands what he's learned and shares it and innovates from yes. like the way that he understands yes. his learnings, if that makes sense, yes. and the failings and winnings and that. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and great. I love how he um, shares it in a very down-to-earth way and in a very authentic way. So an example would be he um, mentioned once that um, he has been quite successful, mm. right? And so everyone thinks that whatever he touches turns to gold. All right. So that's what people think. And he would say, well, in fact, sometimes what we do is we try all these different things and then whatever works, we actually mark a bullseye around it. Mm-hmm. And keep going. <laughs> and and so people yeah. think that, in fact, everything that you touch turn to gold. But no, it's just, just we one. have tried so many different yeah. things. And then the successful one would put a bull's eye around it and say, this is how we're Innovation. It. Yeah, literally <laughs> trial and error, right? Yeah. So it turns to gold. Like there's, you know, gold doesn't ever come in nuggets from the sky. It's no. in the in the ground and among Absolutely. all the rubble. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I love guests who are very um, genuine in sharing their learnings and not just um, paint a rosy picture throughout the way, um, mm. like throughout, because I'm sure um, no one's life is rosy 24-7, no. 365 days of the year. Yeah, And it's hard to kind of comprehend that these days when social media is rife with success stories yeah. and, you know, how good is my life and how even yes. when they've got like, um, you know, every now and then on my newsfeed I'll catch like a someone with tears in their eyes and they're like, oh, life has been horrendous and I've just been hiding it behind my hot bikini body selfies. Um, and there's that one insight into their life and everyone's, you know, congratulations, that's awesome. And it is awesome, but it's only like a snippet, I right? Know, you I know, will never. Like, yeah, I've got no wrinkles. I've yeah. got no cellulite. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm so sad. So sad. <laughs> You're like, are you? Like, I mean, yes, of course, they, but no one's ever going to 100% show that side of them. That is 
the side that you would never be able to show someone, right? Because that's when you're at peak vulnerability. And I wonder if doing tests and trials and optimizations for in, ter- in the name of innovation, I suppose, for lack of a better way of saying it, is, you know, I'm sure people would hit those low peaks as well. And you like, you know, Apple is a great example. Um, they just, he, you know, Steve Jobs and that whole like conglomerate seem to be the successful pioneers of mobiles as we know them, even though, you know, there's a million other brands that have done what they've done. Um, they're just quieter about it or they're not as, you know, the marketing isn't as <laughs> revolutionary, um, but they don't showcase their failings and they don't really uh, showcase what they've lost and, you know, how they were treated and, you know, in the building of the first iPhone, that sort of thing. When it comes out, it's such a shock. Like, no way would he treat someone like that. He's the most successful man on the planet. And you're oh. like, it's ridiculous, right? Yep, yeah, totally. So going back to my first guest, um, Professor Barry Marshall, Nobel laureate, yeah. um, he was very candid about how in order to be innovative, you actually have to struggle, struggle and struggle. He used the word like struggle three times. Yeah. This is a Nobel laureate and he says you have to keep trying, trying, trying. And then if you don't succeed, try again. Yeah. That, that was, you know, one of his key messages. And also um, he shared the story about how um, what he got uh, the Nobel laureate for, early on his, in his career, he actually got a rejection letter oh, wow. for it and says, we can't publish your research because it's in the top 20%. Oh, sorry, it's in the bottom 20%. Wow. So it's not good enough to be um, publicized. And yeah. yet this was the very research that got him the Nobel laureate. So he actually kept a copy of the letter. Yeah. And oh, so wouldn't now, you? Yeah. yeah, and then now when he um, does um, public lectures, he shows the copy of letter as a way to encourage people that it is okay if you fail. Mm. It doesn't mean you are a failure. Yeah. You just need to try again. Yeah, and try in a different way if mm. it didn't work. So who's the third guest you want to interview? <sighs> Uh, I will. Um, I've got quite a few, but I like to focus on those two first. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 Let's keep it at that. Okay. Great. Well, I feel like since they're kind of connected, you'll be able to hit two birds with one stone potentially. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Well, if I hear anything from Melanie at Canva, I will pass her on down. Um, we'd love to have her on the podcast as well, actually, because she is a WA startup. Um, while well, she was, yes. and now she's. Um, that would be for so encouraging. Yeah. Um, that would be so encouraging. I guess um, I'll just like to finish on that note by saying it's not just the high, um, highly successful people mm-hmm. that we see, that we learn from and have got so much to offer. Um, as I mentioned, my guests have ranged from the ages of 10 to 75. Some of them are lesser known, but mm. they still do work that makes you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as famous, but it doesn't mean that their work is any less meaningful. Yeah. So um, every week that we can interview someone like that, to me, is a successful week. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Good ed- Good note to end on. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was an awesome chat. Thanks for having me, Taryn. And Hannah, we miss you. <laughs> we'll save some reasoning for you. <laughs> That's right. Um, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to that episode, guys. Check back here weekly as we post every Monday morning to share the best stories from Perth's entrepreneurs. Make sure you like, review and subscribe on the channel that you listen to this on and wherever you see us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. If you have a suggestion for a guest, please drop into our DMs or let them know they can get in touch with us on the Perth Business Podcast at gmail.com. See you next week.